PhDL podcast, uh, the podcast where we attempt to demystify the scientific PhD process. Um, and this is for folks going through the rigors of pursuing a PhD, folks thinking about it, or even people just thinking or are curious about what it's all about. Um, you can check us out at our website uh, associated with this um, podcast and uh, the group of people here um, at therealphddeal.com. You can find the link in the show notes. And we would love it if you could email us um, at our group email, also found in the show notes. It's just uh, phdealmail at gmail.com. Um, and so feel free to send any comments, criticisms, things you want to hear about, things you liked about the pod, um, or any questions you might have. And um, we'd be happy to um, take a stab at any of the questions and try to answer them here. Quick disclaimer about us, we are all science PhDs. Um, and also the, so what we talk about is, you know, sort of skewed in that direction. And then our podcast really just reflects our views and in no way is meant to represent any of the views of our institutions or any organization we're um, associated with. And we promise to give our best advice and knowledge and experience. Um, but we also admit that we don't have the perfect or correct answer to every question. Um, and we know we, uh, we won't agree with everything between ourselves. So take everything we say with a kilogram of salt. Which is also very um, in high demand recently. Mm -hmm. uh, anyways, <laughs> we are all COVID-19. Yeah. <laughs> due to recent world events. Okay. With that said, let's get to the episode. I am Liz and I'm joined with my co-hosts, Luis. What's up? Raj. What up? What? And Elias. Hey, everyone. Actually, I have a quick announcement to make. So, uh, oh. yes, yes, I heard back. I I heard back from the Missouri people. <laughs> oh, oh, exciting! <laughs> yes. Remember, you know, I, I went for an interview in the great state of Missouri recently. Oh, and yeah. I've been, I've been that's very, great. I see how this happens. Yeah, I've been very vocal about how much I like that state. So uh, the folks from the interview reached back to me, and I did not get the job in Missouri. Uh, uh, sorry. Uh, so. Well, are we happy? That's not a surprise. Yeah. Now, of course, of course, that will not cloud my judgment or my opinion. <laughs> going forward about Missouri. I still have the same kind of love for that place. Well, 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 now I dislike Missouri. How dare they not accept? <laughs> <laughs> it might come it might not uh, come out as uh, uh, as the true emotion but we are sad that you didn't get it yes you, you don't you don't look very funny. sad Raja. <laughs> sure he hides it well all right okay well um that was a very important announcement thank you for sharing <laughs> um Okay, so right, so we are at the episode, we're on episode one of a mini series on, on the topic of mental health, which we have all decided is relevant to pursuing a PhD, um, which you might not think about before you get into it, but it is, we promise. Um, so I would just like to start by saying what, okay, so what are we going to cover in the, um, the mini series? We'll go over, this is the first episode of a handful. Um, so this will just kind of be an introductory type of episode. 
um, where we cover things like what is mental health, what are some factors that might impact it, and then share some experiences between us. And then uh, future episodes will be related to more specific topics on managing relationships, all the relationships in your life, whether it be you know personal or professional, um, and also uh, the specific topics of like anxiety, depression, isolation, and, and seeking help. So with that, I would like to start by just kind of broadly introducing the topic of mental health, and then we can kind of talk about some experiences or um, just things to share with our audience, maybe um, between us, what we found was helpful or not. Um, but anyway, so mental health is a very broad topic, um, and that kind of encompasses emotional, psychological, and social well-being, which, um, you know, citation to the mentalhealth.gov. Um, which you can check out for more details. Um, so anyway, so our mental health impacts things like our thoughts, feelings, actions, and even our physical health or well-being. I think maybe, um, I don't know, I don't think I realized this until later in life, but like how you might, your mental health might actually, you know, manifest uh, in how you physically feel. Like maybe if you're really stressed, you get a stomach ache, something like that. So the, like mental health can impact your overall well-being, which is kind of why it's an important topic we're talking about today. And um, so, and how we handle stress and relationships, and then you know the actions uh, we choose are all impacted by um, this particular uh, phenomenon or you know aspect of our health. So, um, with that, I would like to move on to just briefly introduce a few factors, and then we can talk about things like what we, uh, topics we should consider, um, you know, when entering grad school related to mental health during grad school or even after. And mm -hmm. um, so things to keep in mind would be like factor, a lot of, a lot of different factors impact your mental health. So things like your family history um, and your biology and of course your experiences. So your past experiences and in addition to the experiences um, of your current life, like, um, you know, interactions with your advisor or your peers, et cetera. Does anybody have any uh, particulars to share with our listeners about things to consider or anything, I guess? I, I would like to say that um, I think uh, oftentimes in grad school, I mean, it's, uh, we've, we've already talked about the fact that it's a, a meat grinder and that you are going to be, <laughs> yeah, you're going to, you're going to be thrown into, I mean, everything that can affect your mental health is kind of happening. I mean, um, you, you're thrown into a situation you're unfamiliar with, uh, trying to accomplish things that seem impossible that no one has figured out before, uh, especially in your research. And then, you know, you're usually taken away from wherever you're, base of operations was like whatever you're doing as an undergrad you're probably doing a PhD somewhere else so you have a new place you uh you you know you may have family members who are like what the hell are you doing like wh why are you going for a PhD why are you still in school and not realizing that you know uh what that really means so all these things kind of uh can really weigh you down um so from for you know I think right off the bat what I really want to say is you really need to um take care of yourself and, and and realize if you need help and to go get it uh, and go to your advisor first if anything is happening because it, any advisor worth their salt, uh, and this is something that everyone should realize too when you're doing a PhD is your advisor is not just your boss, right? Like I mean, he is or she is, of course, your boss, 
But um, they also are your mentor and they also are there to kind of guide you through the process. And that's part of their job. Like, it's not like they're being nice to do that. Like, you know, that's part of part and parcel of what comes with being uh, a mentor and being uh, an advisor to, to students. So your mental health is part of their their realm of, of what they're responsible for. So if you start to um, uh, flounder or, or feel like you're getting overwhelmed, like too much more than usual, which is, I mean, it's a, it's a fine line, right? Because everyone feels overwhelmed. Everyone feels, uh, at, you know, just out of depth, uh, so to speak. But if it's to the point where it's affecting you and your life negatively and maybe relationships or you know, you're not able to sleep right, it's not like at all what um, just anything terrible to go talk to your advisor and then and they sh- and, and anyone worth their salt will kind of uh, understand, maybe like help you through it and then also uh, send you to the appropriate counselors and, and any school worth their salt should be able to uh, you know, be able to help you with this because this is not, you, you, you're not alone. You're not alone feeling these feelings. Everyone kind of goes through them, I think. And I think, um, being able to, to first realize that what you're feeling is normal and, and, uh, and has happened to other folks before is the, is the first step to, you know, getting help and, and, and people should be there ready to do it for you. Go ahead. Yeah, I just wanted to say also that, you know, you're not alone in this. Obviously, some people are maybe because of factors like Liz mentioned, biology or family history are more predisposed for these problems. But one should remember that they're kind of to be expected. It's a struggle. It's not easy. It's a grind to go through a graduate career. And so uh, do not think that you are uniquely going through these problems, which is often, you know, we're not very open about them. And uh, we forget that other people are going through these struggles as well. And your advisor is a good person to talk to, but uh, there's lots of resources on hand. So make sure you use them and leverage them. And in some cases, your advisor might be partly one of the reasons why you're going through these struggles. That's true. That's true. yeah, uh, just I think I think you know it's kind of comforting to know that you know it's not as if you're facing the world alone. A lot of people have those problems. Everyone in grad school, to some extent, has these problems as well. I think um, something to add to that would be I think a good you know kind of first step and be- before you ask for help, I think it deserves a little bit of time to reflect on you know, your own stress response. Like it's helpful to kind of pause and understand how am I responding to the act, like the situations in my life? Is this something that's kind of par for the course? Maybe I had a bad day or is this like a repetitive thing that's really impacting more, uh, like more of my well-being, like my state of mind, maybe I physically don't feel okay. Um, there might be an anxiety, a physical anxiety response. Like it's start like thinking about that. And before you, um, maybe go ask for help or talk to someone, it's always best to kind of know where you stand first and what your kind of responses to stress are. And that way that can also help you sort of manage that. Um, of course you should always talk to someone. Like if, you're going through something like there's it's always a good idea to reach out um but it's 
I think, you know, above all is, you know, like uh, Lou said, take care of yourself. And part of that is knowing how you respond. What are your warning signs? And that's going to be different for everyone. So it's like, you know, particularly in grad school, if you're going through a stressful sort of time, it's good to know what are the things that maybe help you um, with stress relief um, and kind of what are like things that you shouldn't be dealing with versus things that are like not as big of a deal to you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, you know, just to, just to add to that too, I, I think, you know, um, what and what I said earlier about uh, going to your advisor if you need help or going to someone else, you know, it doesn't even have to get to that point, right? Because um, when you when you are going through this, uh, you know, I'm not a mental health professional, but I think it's a gradual, you know, um, it's a continuum, right? You don't get you're you're not totally healthy and happy and feeling completely uh, um, content and without pressures and anxiety, and then all of a sudden the next day you're completely overwhelmed. And although that is what grad school does feel like, but but it is you know you don't uh, it you don't right away need to uh, get help and and, uh, and and take a breather. Uh, it's probably a continuation or a gradual process getting there. So uh, at least in most cases, it's that way. Right, right. It, it, yeah, that's true. All right. And, and, but you know, it's, it might be a good idea to, you know, to just, just seek help just because of the extra anxiety and stress you're, you're feeling. You, it doesn't have to get to the point where, you feel like you need uh, perhaps some professional help, it can be to the point where you just feel completely overwhelmed and just knowing that other people feel this way uh, might be helpful. So that's where you can really lean on your colleagues and, and your the other grad students that are in your program, especially if you've come in uh, on the same year, you're kind of in it together. Or if you have like someone who's, uh, if it's if you're a first year, if someone's a second year, you know, close to your, to your, um, uh, to your, to your year that you can kind of, bounce things off of and just there is something comforting I don't know why about knowing that other people are you know suffering in the same way you are even though that's kind of bad because they're your friends and you don't want them to suffer but you're like okay it's not just me everybody feels like this is crazy and everyone feels overwhelmed and everyone feels like they can't hack it or at times or they're incompetent or, or questioning you know do they deserve to be here and this kind of stuff you know it's just good to have someone else that that you can bounce things off of and can and lets you know that you know you're not alone in this like there's other people that feel this way and and just that in and of itself can kind of keep your mental health uh, uh at a reasonable level as you're going through these these uh these tough times i agree so i feel like like in addition to a couple of uh, factors that uh, Liz was talking about, uh, like many of the time, uh, people are not really just restricted to those. And like there are other factors, like uh, it could be like the amount of work that mm-hmm. you are dealing with from during your PhD, uh, the relationship between your advisor and you and your mm-hmm. colleagues. Um, and in the department sometimes itself has some uh, a different a different expectation than what you are actually dealing with and that causes another uh, uh, level of stress that that you are not really prepared at the time or you are about to graduate and you have like a bad job market or mm-hmm. uh, oh yeah yeah Good call. right it's like, a big one 
yeah. like financial issues, right? And then you have personal issues, your personal family, uh, or, or just just uh, immediate family, or or uh, or and or you're an, if you're an international student, then you have another level of uh, sure. issues. Like sometimes it's just visa or 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 uh, just just staying in the program uh, has on a, uh, causes you to go through so many hoops and. Uh, right. uh, red tapes to uh, make stay sure in the that, country, uh, let alone stay let in your them, yeah, agree. program. <laughs> so those, those, so many things that uh, goes on uh, in many of uh, grad students' life. So you you may even have you may even have a problem with the whole state, you know, and and anxiety. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, you yeah. you don't like uh, someone, for example, Missouri. <laughs> I think someone from a school of Missouri is going to get a hold of this and be like, "Oh God!" And I, I mean, I'm not saying it is me because yeah. I, I spent my four years there, so really enjoyed my time. Okay, first of all, I really yeah. like the state of Missouri. <laughs> Just I can't say that enough. Missouri is great. Seriously, if you've ever, if you haven't been to Missouri, that's what you should be doing as soon as this COVID nineteen thing thing ends. I, I'm telling you, uh, you know, that may be all true, but like to to quote the state model, why don't you show me, Elias? Like you can show me, you show me the I wanted to say that uh, it's exactly what you mentioned. One thing is just about the temporary nature of of grad school. So you feel. You're not you're not settling there forever, although it's going to be a long time, so five years, and then maybe if you go for a postdoc, that's also a temporary position, and then maybe your second postdoc is a temporary position, mm-hmm. and so there's always this kind of uh, you don't have this feeling of security in terms of your you you're yeah. staying here, and that also contributes to all those struggle that mental struggle of of what's going to happen next to me. Do I have my immigration documents uh, settled or do I have my job lined up? In yeah, time? Yeah. It's always this temporary thing. You never feel secure enough. So, yeah. Right. But something Lou said in an earlier episode, I'm, I'm pretty sure, was, I mean, you got to live your life also. You know, like, the, yes, it's temporary. It's very stressful. And your focus during this time is school. Um, and I know my parents like were very much about your priorities, your school. So that was always like top, like the first thing in my mind, that's my priority. But I mean, there's other aspects of your life that you can also give attention to and you shouldn't let go of those things. Like, you know, kind of staying grounded in things you enjoy to do outside of going to lab or whatever it is you're doing (laughs) are so immensely helpful. And I think the kind of knowing that about yourself, what helps you stay more kind of like grounded and feel less stressed in times of struggle or stress, like hang on to those things. It's not, this is not the time to lose them. Even if your priority, your number one priority is school. And I mean, if it's not your number one priority, that's fine. But like, I just, <laughs> and that's kind of like a process that's going through my head at least. <laughs> but yeah, if you have a family, that sounds like a better priority. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's true. You, 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 you still have your hobbies, you, you know, so they kind of, you're right. They, uh, Liz, that they do take a backseat to your, your, 
your research and your academics and everything that you're, I mean, your PhD is, is pretty all consuming, but you have to um, take some time out and just, you know, uh, play guitar if you like to play guitar, listen to music or go running some of the, like this, this is a uh, hobbies going down the hobbies that I don't do, but like another thing. <laughs> I've heard of this thing called exercise that some people. Yeah, I've heard great things. Yeah. Yeah, it's supposed to be awesome, but like it's uh, you know, uh, hot dog eating contest. I'm game, but like yeah, running running a treadmill, I'm, it's not great for me. But you got you gotta you know figure out what you like and 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 keep your the hobbies that and the interests that you had before, and then maybe even maybe 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 pushing it here, maybe even discover a new one. Like you know, while you're. While you're at the, yeah, while you're at the school, like, I mean, you can get into a club sport or, you know, where uh, that that's not, doesn't require a serious commitment and you can, you know, just kind of follow through on some kind of uh, sport that you liked uh, as, as an undergrad or, or, or whatnot. Or you can even take a, a gym class. Like, I know at, uh, I, I know every school is a bit different, but at Cornell, like, you, you can take classes for free. So a lot of people took gym classes on subjects they wanted to do. Like, some will be like, to learn how to ice skate so they just kind of took an ice skating course and then they're forced to go to this class and kind of actually forced to have a hobby and a life outside the lab so it's not it's not too bad i mean there's there's ways to kind of de-stress and it's and honestly it makes you a better researcher like the more hunkered down you get like yeah, no if, doubt. if by yes. any other metric or any other reason you don't want to Tear, your, tear yourself away from the work. Just realize that you'll be a better researcher if you have a little bit of a life outside of it because, you know, you can step away from it, let your, your brain work on it, like while you sleep and everything else, and, and just kind of go back to it with a fresh, you know, perspective. Fresh, you know, it, that's all very important. Yeah. You know, often if you're just defining it, and I know I've been through this struggle at some points as well, if you're just defining yourself by the experiment that you do or whatever sub-discipline that you're researching in, then at some point, you know, you're going to get disappointed because your experiments might fail or something might not be so great or whatever. And then, uh, and then basically you have this whole void that you, you've made that so much more of what you are. Um, and, and, th- and then that becomes a struggle, but, if you have hobbies like what Lou talked about, this this mythical uh, activity of running, <laughs> or or playing guitar or listening to music or sports, art, whatever, and you you know you define yourself by so much more than just your job, and uh, it makes life more wholesome and fun, I guess. I've heard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I, so to, to that point, and uh, earlier you mentioned like. Uh, uh, your your position as a PhD student and postdocs and and such positions are very temporary in nature and but then at the same time that temporary nature allows employers and supervisors to look the other way when it comes to a duty of care you know and the, uh, and we, as we famously know academia is often glorified and revo- glorifies and lo- rewards overwork and uh, long hours right so like in in sometimes it's you are kind of in that loop or the group dynamics is such a way that if you are exactly. an outlier, then you are cast aside for when it comes to a good project or or collaboration. Or so, so what do you do, Rajan, in that kind of situation? I mean, it's difficult. So, do you have any advice about that kind of situation? 
as I mean, you have to find that balance, actually, the power balance between like what you want and what what is like an assumed norm. Because mm-hmm. I have noticed like, at least in US, that's a, a one thing, a, a one positive thing I've noticed. Like you, if you, nobody can force you legally. So, because, right? <laughs> yeah. no, 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 like true, right? Like the reason we yes. do this, the reason people overwork and reason just keep grinding without thinking about it, it's just because that's why everyone else is doing it. So yeah. might as well, I will do it too. Otherwise, I will look weird. Yeah. But if you focus on the results, right? Like if you just focus on what you are trying to achieve and if you can achieve it with less, uh, uh, with more efficient way and rather than spending 12, 15 hours a day in a lab uh, and just providing like eight solid hours and doing your job, no advisor will blame you that you didn't do the job uh, or as long that's the thing that's i feel like that's the bottom line you have to keep in mind and uh if you as lou mentioned like if you are actually doing other things and it will actually make you more productive because you are actually thinking in a broader sense rather than just narrow down 18 hours a day nobody can i don't think if being productive for that long it's like I mean, there might be some superhumans, I don't know. But personally, I I, I maxed out at yeah. like nine, 10 hours. And yeah. done. Then you're done. It's like you're not, you, at that point, you, you just, you that get, zombie. yeah. and you get diminished returns, right? So you, oh, may, sure. you, you may be uh, maybe advancing things. Of course, if you're running extra experiments, making extra cells, doing it, like, of course, that's probably good. But but you're so tired, you may make mistakes. And then even if you don't, you're just working way slower. So, you you know, what will take you uh, an hour to do when you're fresh will take you now three hours. So now you spend your time ineffectively. You spent three hours doing something that if you just went home early and then just did it tomorrow, like you, it would take you an hour and you'd be way more effective. Uh, so it's it's just, it's not good. To, I mean, we, we all get to that point because we all feel like, you know, holy crap, we have this giant thing that's due. And if I don't get this done, my whole life is over. And so you just, you just crank and crank and crank and you just, you know, don't sleep enough and, and, and you get less and less efficient. I, you know, I, I've done it, I've seen it. And it's just, I can, I can feel the time taking longer to do things that normally take no time to do. Like, it's just, you you can see it happening in real time and you're like, ah, I'm in this thing again. And usually at the end of that, it's it's burnout. Like you just yeah, feel so is. burnt out, which yeah. is a terrible feeling. Yeah, <laughs> that that gets you back into that cycle, right? Yes. Like you're burned out, and, and then you, you feel just like stop. you stop. You can't do anything, right? You feel like anything. you didn't do anything. You like you spent so much time, and you just still your results are not there, and you're you still are getting uh, that side side eyes from your supervisors right. or something. Right. Sometimes it's stronger than side eye. But no, the point is like, right? It's it's just part of that cycle again. You are, and then you never leave that cycle because you are just so focused on getting things done. And but it's actually not going to work, like unless you actually allow your brain to process all those information, because that's a lot of things to go through. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, You know. uh, You know. Sometimes. It's also, it takes a lot of confidence if there's that kind of group culture and then uh, you say, I want to do things differently. 
But but sometimes you know spending two extra hours in the lab to get a couple extra data sets might not even be the best thing to do scientifically. You know you might find it's better to take a step back and to uh, to yeah. invest more time in say data analysis or different types of activities instead of just the routine collecting of data for extended hours. You know just because things have been done traditionally in a certain way doesn't mean that's the best way forward. You might, if you have a certain paradigm shift from how people have been thinking about this problem before, you might find you're working less hours, but actually being more productive or doing more things or doing things differently. So, yeah, I'm sorry, Liz, I interrupted you. No, 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 no. I was just going to say that when Raj was talking earlier, what I heard was, I mean, another way that what I was thinking about when he was speaking was, he's talking about boundaries, like boundaries maybe between you and your supervisor, your own personal boundaries of like what you accept is okay. And like, I have definitely been in situations where I had no boundaries and it was ineffective. Like for sure, if I have boundaries in my life where I say, this is what I'm doing, this is when I'm doing it, and I'm gonna do these things for myself, like, I mean, for sure I'm more productive because I'm also just generally happier and there isn't like this dark cloud of doom, you know? And I I mean, I think it's important for everyone, advisor, student, uh, coworkers, you need boundaries. You need boundaries about what you find is acceptable in terms of how people treat you, how people talk to you, what people expect from you. And, um, And they should have those boundaries with you also. And I think it's very easy in an academic kind of setting um, to, to ha- have those kind of melt away, those boundaries. Yeah. Because your advisor, like Lou was saying, he's kind of your boss, but he's kind of not, or he, she, uh, whoever that person is. <laughs> They're kind of like this weird mix of so you true. Know, manager, yeah, yeah. guidance counselor. Everyone knows what you mean, exactly. Like mentor, parent, uh, everything like uh, uh, overlord, uh, <laughs> yeah. benevolent, uh, God, whatever. Like it all just, they're in this weird hodgepodge of like so many different things. Right. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, so to, to point out that, like when we agree, like it's not just students and like and the reason yes. they are pushing you in many cases is because it's part of the whole uh, chain right because the faculty uh, workload it keeps going sure. up and that that leads to many faculties to delegate more and more stuff to to whoever is uh, down downstream and and but they they got hired because of they are they are good at getting grants and publications and and not because they are good at administration not being an exactly yeah. or or tele delegators or accountants or mentors mentors. yeah and that's where the the disconnect happened you know so that's why you have to like personally find that like create your boundaries start with a tiny bubble and that is your responsibility like 100 yours yeah and I, I, just to follow up on exactly what you're saying, you know, you're right. These, these uh, PIs, these professors, they have their own pressure coming from their own people, and then they have pressure. In it. So, by the way, it's only going to continue. The whole like, yeah. if, you're, if you're a PhD student, it's it's going to continue. So you may have, start to learn how to set those boundaries, 
how to set time for yourself, how to deal with it, because it's not like you get your PhD, well, now I'm Dr. So-and-so, my world is made. It's like, no, now you got some other guy or some other uh, lady who's like yelling at you and telling you this stuff, and you're like, oh, my goodness. It just – Do it again. <laughs> and, and, and someone's yelling at them, and someone – like, and, you know, it's – that it's just, you're just going to go to the next step and have even more responsibilities and more pressure. And so, you know, not to, not, not to give you any spoilers, but yeah, it's going to, it's going to, it's going to make you worried. But it, it, you, but that's why it's important to, to put these steps in place now, these, these uh, coping strategies and, and learn how to better keep your mental health by uh, setting boundaries, having, uh, things that you do for you to, to improve your mental health and just to make you feel better and keeping, you know, part of your life still together. Because when you go to the next step, it's going to be the same thing all over again. It, it doesn't end. Mm-hmm. I, I remember when I, I went to um, uh, the, the National Lab as a, as, a, as a postdoctoral fellow. And it's like this big highfalutin thing. And I was really excited. I was like, well, I get to do my own research. Uh, and I, people, somebody thinks I'm smart. This is amazing. And I went into the pro- and, First person I met, like uh, at the National Lab, was was Ben uh, Ben Leg, who's like <laughs> like super smart and like really. Cute. And I was like, and he like he was just a regular postdoc, I guess you could quote unquote say. Uh, and I was like, this guy's a genius. What the like? What am I going to be able to do here? Like like, and I just right away felt like complete like stress and anxiety and everything. And and, and so he and, needs- and then and then he met me, and then everything seemed fine again. <laughs> <laughs> But, but you know, Ben Ben has a palpable intelligence. There's the, there's the, you feel it off him, and I was just like, and I was describing him what I was doing, and he knew more about my field of study like that he should. I was like, how do you know so much about this? Like, what, like, and then I was like, oh my goodness, and then right away I felt like rascal, like I'm in over my head. What the hell was I thinking? You know, but so the the these stresses, these uh, uh you know, anxiety-provoking things—they they they happen as you as you go through, and and you still feel the same stresses that you did earlier. And so you just need to deal with and figure out coping strategies to deal with them uh, early on, and then just that'll make you so much better later on when you're, you know, um, the dean of some college or who, whatever highfalutin position you're gonna get. Like, <laughs> you know, because you'll have someone yelling at you too. So, and then you'll be like. Hey, Chill out, whatever. I'm gonna go play my guitar for an hour and get lost in the blues or something. It's just better if you do it now. Yeah, and and so one of the ways you can help yourself is uh, like uh, the way you can break that chain is uh, just find out. Because many times, as a as a PhD student, you have no idea. Many times, like you're just thrown into that project because you just joined that group. Or you, you started, like suddenly one day your advisor comes in and says, oh, tomorrow we're going to do this one. And you have no idea why the before and after and like the, you don't know the bigger picture. Yeah. So I, f- I, find, I feel like for me, I tr- it helped me when I try to figure out like why I'm doing this. Yes. You know, many times if you, like, if you just keep doing the things just because you are told to do or you are, you are supposed to do, uh, but without understanding, like, what is the bigger reason? What's the context? Are, yeah. yeah it, 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 context will give you a lot of help. And, and many times it will avoid doing unnecessary things. Uh, and not for only for you, but only uh, your advisor will also appreciate because 
in, in essentially or at the end of the day you are saving time and yeah everybody likes saving time and being yeah. efficient yeah. so it there is always absolutely no um bad thing when it comes to like asking questions to figure out like okay why what is the bigger reason we are doing right. this right and and i feel like that 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 should be one of the only uh questions or steps you can take yeah and i think that kind of um brings up a good point like understanding what you're contributing to what are the questions you're really trying to answer you're not like meant to be a monkey this is not like a my advisor said it so i did it sort of situation like this is an, an opportunity for you to learn right so understanding the context will maybe better help you understand how you're contributing and I think at some level, we all want to contribute. I mean, I don't think anybody would find a lot of joy and fulfillment, maybe not joy, just fulfillment. Like, let's keep it at that. Fulfillment and sitting around doing meaningless work all day. Mm. I think, and asking these questions that Roger is talking about will would really help you put your daily, potentially mundane feeling tasks into perspective. Exactly. Um, because I think even, you know, now, like in a postdoc sometimes, like just little tasks that are like, oh my God, I'd rather stab myself in the eyeball with a fork. But, <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, some of these like tasks, you're just like, why? <laughs> but then yeah. when you think, okay, there's this is the question I'm answering, this is the project I'm contributing, yeah. this is yeah. what's important. You I mean, being connected to that end story is helpful. Yes. Very much so. So for, true. for your scientific development and also your mental health. Yeah, no no one likes to feel like they're just an extra hand of somebody. Like, you know, it's like go to the lab, just crank out this, you know, like that's you you need to know um uh what's going on and and it's I mean, it really should be up to um who who whoever your advisor is to kind of let you know. But it's also on you as well, to some degree. Yeah. Like you need to explore what the field is like. And that's one of the harder harder things to do as a PhD student, but it's insanely important to, to know where your work stands, what you're doing stands and what the current field is. And that can be through the form of questions to senior grad students, postdocs, and even your advisor as well, uh, as looking into the literature yourself. And it'll, it, it's your, it's your chance to really know what's going on because once you realize where you fit, then things become really exciting. You're, you, you're no longer working on something. You're just not doing X, Y, and Z because like you're supposed to You do it X, Y, and Z because if, get this kind of result it can indicate that this is true and this is not true and then oh wow i'm adding to the field and i'm i'm part of the scientific community it's, it makes it way more fulfilling and way more exciting i think okay well um so let's uh the last thing i wanted to talk about in this episode is this concept of um i mean we touched on it earlier the concept of seeking help um and like the resources that might be available to you so um I think in general, so I went to RPI, and again, this is like not really a comment on RPI, but um, we had orientation in which all grad students were told these are the resources we have at health center, and like you know you should be talking to your advisor if you're having troubles, but also like if you want to kind of keep that separate from your advisor, which is totally fair and fine, and maybe appropriate in most cases, there are resources at the school that are not like extra money or something um, that you can um, take advantage of. 
So I think those are things that um, you should look out for. And also keep in mind that, you know, seeking help is more, I, I think, more a comment or more, you know, towards your strength, you know, and you saying, I need help. I want to be better for like better in the sense that I want to prioritize myself, my health. And I think that's a really strong place to be versus, you know, not seeking help. So I think that's another thing to keep in mind. You're making healthy choices for yourself by, um, you know, seeking help, which yeah, is where I, we want to be. I agree. I agree. So like misery also has the, uh, sorry, misery S&T also has mm-hmm. the same uh, options. So I feel like most schools do have that at least in some sort of right. fashion uh, and uh, a person or a department where you can actually go and talk to people right. and uh, figure out things basically. Yeah. And this is also all part of it, you know, all part of your graduate uh, tuition and stuff like that. So you don't need to worry about cost or anything. And yeah. of course, it's all privacy and stuff. Right. But another, like the one point I wanted to make, like uh, you might have missed was like uh, warning signs, right? Like how many times you don't know. Yeah, warning signs, yeah. If you don't know uh, whether you need help or not. So like right. figure out, like so figure out as in like keep an eye on your own self uh, like whether you're feeling um, uh, burned out stressed um, depressed or and it's like a, a recurring thing and you definitely uh, shouldn't feel taboo because like not in general i feel like us has a little bit more openness towards this particular topic but yeah. coming from uh, a country and a background where even mentioning that is a big deal in, in, a, in a negative way that the people don't really consider mental health as an, any kind of issue it is um, are uh, discouraged in many ways like uh, in uh, mocked in many mm-hmm. times and it, um, just uh, considered as a sign of weakness, but it's not. And, I, yeah, and not as you all. just mentioned, like it, it's you are actually working on, on your own, uh, on your for, on yourself to be better. Yeah, and which is I think harder, uh, harder in a sense, and like a, a sign of strength. But yeah, yeah. this is a very important uh, thing. So you just don't feel, uh, don't think about those negative things that other people are talking about. Just focus on yourself again and seek out however kind of help you would that you think would help you it could be just that the resources that's available at school it could be one of your friend uh your peer uh from your department or your family member could be anyone but just talking about stuff and figuring out would help you uh, immensely definitely i think uh for me, like I cannot obviously speak about others' experience, but for me, warning signs to me, if I am feeling and behaving in a way that is very much not in line with my values and who I have been previously, when I like, yeah, it, you notice a, mm. a feeling of like, this is, I feel like good, I'm happy to be you know, going to work every day or going about my life every day. Like this is, you know, 
like I'm not expecting every day of your PhD to be like sunshine and rainbows and you know joy but I mean there's a distinct difference between you feeling like no motivation to do anything and like not feeling like yourself for an extended period of time like and you're not you know and part of that could be you know you have you have no desire to go and work out or something and that's something you used to do three times a week and it brought you a lot of joy you know so that's why things like habits and kind of keeping track of how you're feeling and you know what you're doing um is is important particularly like in this season so yeah and just to follow up on that i think that um really your warning signs are are if you're thinking is this a potential problem that's enough of a warning sign just just go in, uh, either talk to your friend or even just see someone, see a professional. And it's not the end of the world if you see a professional and they tell you like, okay, you're doing fine. You're just, you know, uh, you're not at the point where, um, you know, you need to take a break or whatever, but or an extended one, but you just, you know, you're, you're, you're just uh, feeling overwhelmed, like take a break, do this. And, you know, it, you don't have to get to this extreme point where you're, you're really – uh, damaging your mental health to, to seek professional health. You can get professional health anytime. And just like Roger was saying, it's pretty much free and it's it's re- it's there for you because they know it's a stressful time. I mean, think about it. You're, you're being thrown into this. Most most uh, students come in right after their undergrad. So you're 22. I mean, you're just, you're a kid. You, you're, you, you've been alive for two decades. I mean, it's just crazy. And you, now you're being thrown into a world of, you're trying to push scientific progress for like a species all of a sudden. And so it's not a completely unreasonable thing to feel overwhelmed and anxious and, and full of stress and to, to go seek help. It's the, the schools are well aware of this and they have a ton of facilities and, and, uh, and counselors ready to, to kind of help with this. So take advantage of it. It's just like any other, uh, it's just like the free food at seminars. It's just like the, the uh, you know the, all the pens that you'll amass, uh, you, the, all, all all the swag at conferences. It's part of the swag. It's just free mental health counseling. Just take advantage of it. And I think everyone is going through something. Like maybe you want to go and talk to someone to better understand your thought patterns, and that could be very enlightening for you. I don't know, um, but there's I think there's always no matter like what. Um, age you are when you're doing your PhD or like what you're working on. I think there's always something that you're processing um, and talking to a third party could certainly help with that. Yeah. And you do not have to be in a crisis situation like Raj and Lou is saying like to go. You always have a much nicer way of saying what I'm saying. You don't have to be... (laughs) I say this You don't have to be... Well, you don't have to be overly stressed. No, you're going to be overly stressed. Like you don't... (laughs) situation that is exactly <laughs> yeah don't go finding any bridges I mean yeah that's true that's true all right okay anything more to add on this we'll add one more thing uh, to me I think what really got me through uh, and this is just my own personal experience this is based on you know uh, my own uh, experiences going through grad school but what got me through grad school is really my colleagues, my, my friends that I made, 
I tend to be uh, a bit of an extrovert, uh, you would say, and I tend to really feed <laughs> off of people. And, and maybe you're introverted and this wouldn't work for you, but for me, I loved meeting uh, other people, getting their stories, finding out what made them tick, and actually finding commonality with them. Uh, having parties, going, go, we went Ithaca, uh, where we were in Cornell, has like a ton of um, uh, wineries uh, all up the up along the lakes that they have there. We went wine tasting. We played paintball together. That was kind of weird. Like it was like uh, we bumped into some undergrads there, and they were like, "Is this what you guys do to blow steam?" Like from from each <laughs> other. Like yeah, I guess so. I mean, we just kind of tried to find ways to to have. Of course, it doesn't have to be every night, but like just find some group that you can really get along with and just have good times with and. And, and if they're in grad school, that's even better because then you have a commonality of what you're trying to do. And then, you know, and it could lead to, to lifelong friendships. I mean, this, it's, it's, a, it's a no-brainer. Yeah, find that kindred friend, as I say. Yeah, that helped me a ton. That was like, that was like I think, my saving grace for, for grad school. So if that, take it for what it's worth, if, if it helps you too, don't be afraid to, to talk to others. Find out that they're in the same boat that you're in and try to uh, try to take advantage of that. Like, there's a lot of really good people out there. All right, okay. So I think that concludes episode one of our mental health mini series. Um, and so then our next episode will cover things like managing real relationships. So we'll dive a little deeper into, you know, relationships ooh, you ooh. have, like uh, those with your advisor. Or so it, it should others. come with a, a long list of disclaimers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, so we'll get into that later. And then um, the uh, the next the episode after that will focus more on things like anxiety, depression, isolation, and then and we'll go back to this uh, concept of seeking help. All right. That's all I got. Send us your email. Yes. Questions. Send them to the email in the show notes. <laughs>